So is doing something bad enough to turn us into a bad person? How do we answer a question such as this? So we can say, uh, give a thought experiment, we can say that uh, if uh, we have a robot and we program the robot to do something, the robot cannot be said to be bad or good. Why? Because it's just an appearance of ours as opposed to being a person. And the robot can do a horrible thing. The robot can go and uh, burn down a house. And yet the robot would not be morally culpable. The action wouldn't do anything as it concerns the robot. So what's the difference? We would say uh, it is because we have a mind and because we have a, a relationship with truth, with reality, a connection with truth and reality. And that is why we are morally culpable and that is why our actions do affect us. If we didn't have such a relationship, then we could never ever do any wrong. And we see indeed that it's the same thing by the way of the animals and the insects. For example, a shark can eat the cutest little baby goodness forbid. And yet the shark is not at all morally culpable. And just so with the tiger and just so with the pit bull and uh, the, the mosquito can give malaria to the most wonderful person in the world. Goodness forbid. Same thing. The mosquito is not morally culpable. Why? Because animals and insects do not have, as far as we can possibly tell, any kind of relationship with truth and with reality, at least beyond the lowly animal one. Meaning I understand that I need to. I'm a shark. I need to do what sharks do. I need to eat. But that's it. I can never advance my Myself and become something more than I was initially. So consequently, it doesn't matter morally what a shark does. There's no morals for animals. There's no right and wrong. Again, even we'll, we'll, uh, to be safe, we'll say amongst the higher primates, they, they have their collectives and there's things that are relatively right or wrong relative to their tribe, the wolf pack, all these kinds of things. But this is amateur hour. That's the whole point. That's why they're animals and we're homo sapiens. We're animals also, but we can be something higher. But anyhow, we would say then that our actions are bad or good uh, as it concerns their impact on our relationship with truth and with sanity. So what can we say there? So we would say that in order to be able to do something, we have to find it appealing, meaning we have to have cause reason enough to do it. If we don't, we will not do it. And if we completely don't find it appealing, it will never. we will never take it seriously at all in the first place. So for example, let's say that we are a very loving, wonderful person and somebody tells us, hey, I'm going to pay you $3,000 to go uh, and be a contract killer and take out my enemy here. We would just laugh it off or hopefully we wouldn't laugh it off. Hopefully we would call appropriate law enforcement and get <laughs> take care of the situation. But we would laugh it off as it concerns any possibility of us doing it. There's no way we would do that because it's not at all appealing. Now, let's say that we have a very low uh, uh, appreciation and understanding and love for other people, and somebody says this to us, well, then we will consider it. Because why not? We have money, we uh, or if we have money, we can satisfy our desires. We can satisfy our conception of the good, of our interest. Now I can do what I want. Now I feel better about myself. I feel more like myself. Other people, I don't love them anyway. They're just a bunch of avatars that I project myself onto. All right, so now we would find it appealing. Now we're even uh, an even more degenerated personality. We have a tiny little sense of self and a tiny little intellect and, and only hatred uh, for others. And uh, somebody tells us, 
uh, even $100 to go kill somebody, we're, we're running because there's no reason not to. We find it entirely and completely appealing. So we say that our actions uh, indicate uh, uh, and illustrate the kind of person we are, meaning the kind of understandings that we have in our inner development, our emotional and intellectual and otherwise development. And to find out who we are, sometimes we have to wait and see what we will and won't do. For example, hopefully we've never had uh, the test of running into a burning building to save uh, a child. Hopefully we never will have this, t- this test, but we may not know how we would respond. I don't know how I would respond. Maybe I would go. Maybe I won't. We don't know until we do it very frequently. We don't know if we're going to be a coward or if we're going to be brave, if we're going to be generous or we're going to be stingy. We have to find these things out about ourselves. And what we find out is, again, our inner constitution, our inner degree of true being, our uh, intellectual uh, understandings and context and all of this. So consequently, what if we would say that if actions are simply the outcome of uh, or that they're, they're indicative of our present being then how what's what's the difference we can do good we can do bad we are what we are and the actions are simply indicative of that but they then don't reflect on, on who we are do they so we would say this we would say that we have a natural to so say mechanism those sort of so say in place which recalibrates our inner context in light of what we have done in order to enable us to continue to conceive of ourselves in positive terms, in good terms, and to be blinded to our own faults and follies and weaknesses. Consequently, whatever it is we do, following it in our natural state without any conscious interference, we're going to reprogram our inner context to accommodate it. So let's give a situation. So let's say that somebody has never killed anybody before and then they're offered a few thousand dollars to carry out a hit on some innocent potentially uh, person or either way innocent or not but let's say on an innocent person so now this person has never done it consequently it, it the person never had to uh, change his or her understandings to accommodate this thing because it w- wasn't done and yet let's say that this person w- was in a low enough place of human development was animal enough inside where this became appealing person couldn't just right away say no way this is not an option at all person it is an option it is an option i've never done it right i've never maybe even thought of it but it, i see that it is an option i do find that three thousand uh, dollars at least as appealing as the life of some random person so now the person sits on it and thinks and thinks and it just maybe maybe it's no 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 i won't do it i'm too scared it's not worth it but maybe uh the scales tilt and the person says forget about it. i'll do it i need to pay off my bills three thousand dollars i can go have fun who is this person anyway? They're probably a bad person anyway. It's no big deal, yada, yada. So the person says, okay, I'll carry out the hit. So they now they go and they carry out the hit. So this is immediately indicative of their nature. It immediately disproves or, or rolls out any possibility of this person having been a saintly individual, this person even having been a human being. Immediately we see that this is an animal in human form. And yet there's a further consequence, which is now that this is done. Such an insult against truth, such a, a massive blow to reality, which is that, excuse me, the reality obviously is that there's no fundamental absolute difference between uh, oneself and, and others, right? It's, it's our selfishness that uh, blinds us to the reality and makes us uh, conceive of ourselves in these super narrow animalistic terms. So it's a huge blow to reality. And now we have to, the person has to change, rewire his or her understandings even more to accommodate what he or she did. Again, the understandings, the, the level, the context enabled it. But now that it's done, even more, 
uh, rewiring has to be done. So now the person uh, has to value human life even less, has to create an even greater gap between him or herself and other people because otherwise the pain would be immense. Imagine uh, all of a sudden the person becomes a saint. All of, all of a sudden the person has tremendous love for others and sympathy for others and all of this. Now all of a sudden the person would be willing to die for others and now a person has to contend with the fact that he or she just intentionally killed somebody and only for $3,000. It would be unbelievable, unbelievable crippling pain, is searing emotional pain, the likes of which we can't even imagine. So obviously the unconsciousness doesn't want this. The animal inclinations don't want this. And so everything is rewired to prevent that. Now I hate people even more. Now I'm alienated from others even more. I, I'm stuck in my selfishness and my animality even more. So I have just degenerated myself by what I did. Now, the person degenerated him or herself by what he or she did. So that's the idea. And now it becomes even easier to do something like this next time because the context has altered to accommodate it. Now we hate somebody, uh, we hate people more. We're more animalistic. We're more selfish. Now somebody offers us $2,500 and we say, you know, no problem. Maybe we'll bargain because we want more money. We'll say, no, last time I got paid $3,000 to be a hit man or hit woman. Now I want $3,500. I'm more experienced. Look at my resume. But we would be willing to do it. That's the idea. And then the next time and the next time and soon, we are entirely and completely sunk in our own narrow animalistic selfishness even more than we are in our usual state of nature. We've negatively contracted. The usual person off of the street to so say is very selfish and is very animalistic, but it's not to that degree, generally speaking, on average to so say. We've exaggerated the problem significantly. So the same idea then applies as it concerns any other transgressions against the truth. For example, taking that which is not mine. That which is not mine is not mine. So if I take that which is not mine, I have to then reprogram my context to say that it is mine. Or I have to say that there's such a gap between me and others that it it justifies this kind of thing. I wouldn't want somebody to take something from me, even a penny, but I took something from somebody else. What gives? What's the idea? It must be that, you know, I'm more important than other people. My selfish animalistic interest triumph over uh, the, uh, the other people, right? So now I become even more selfish. I become even more sunk into myself and so, and so forth and so on. That same cycle repeats. Now the next time it's easier to steal. So I steal something more and again and again. And we see, consequently, how our actions indeed, they're initially simply indicative of what we do. They simply illustrated what's going on inside. But as soon as we do them, they begin to either, uh, well, here we said negative, right? So they begin to degenerate us. Now let's look at, take a look at uh, the other side which is more positive. What if we do something that is positive? We do something that is true. We do something that affirms uh, reality. For example, the reality of other people, what goes on then? So again, remember initially we're super duper selfish. We're super duper sunk into ourselves. So consequently, we are uh, uh, just about unable to do anything without uh, uh, tracing it back to ourselves and saying, if I do this, somebody will give me money later. If I do this, I'll conform to a self-image of being a kind, selfless, giving person. If I do this, quote-unquote karma, it'll get me back. Someday somebody will do something nice for me. So we have to do this. So it's very hard. And that's why, unfortunately, most of the externally good actions that we do never really uh, begin an upward process of elevation because they're all done out of selfishness. And again, it's not about the external action. It's about what's going on inside. And the external action then uh, leads to further consequences. 
So, but let's say that somehow we managed to, uh, we understood a concept, we had a moment of clarity concerning the truth and reality, and we uh, did something truly selfless. We gave to another out of a truly open heart without expecting anything in return, without considering our vanity and our ego. This is very rare. If we have an opportunity like this in our life, that's exceptional. But let's say it occurred. So now we did something. Now we have to rewire our context to not feel bad because if immediately afterward we sink back into our selfishness, we go back to being the star of the show, we have to understand how we just gave money to somebody else for no good reason, right? Without taking a photo of it, without expecting it in return, without thinking it'll come back to me. How did I do that? Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. The only alternative then is to affirm the reality and the importance of the other person is to say, you know what? Maybe there is a fundamental moral um, worth to what I did. Maybe the other person really does exist and his or her interests really do count. Uh, now we have become less selfish by accounting for what we did. Now it's a little bit easier to give. Now the next time we give a little bit more and considering our vanity a little bit less and the same process hopefully repeats. Again, we're being optimistic. We're just giving the, the positive, not necessarily the, the common or the realistic account. Now the same process repeats and we have to grant even more reality to others. We have to become even less selfish. Otherwise, we'll feel too bad. It's like I just threw money down the toilet giving uh, this uh, person that just exists for my sake money. Now we have to become even more selfless and hopefully that repeats again and again and soon. It's easy for us to do quote-unquote charitable actions, selfless actions, uh, and, and they become indicative of our inner state of being. But as soon as we do them, later we have to account for them. We have to rationalize them and when we're going to hopefully then reprogram ourselves in a more positive direction. Anyhow, these are some basic ideas here. What else can we say? We can say that the most important thing is obviously the impact of a given uh, action on us, on our inner understanding. So let's say that we slip up and we do something dishonest. We do something not true. For example, we steal something or we manipulate somebody for our base ends or we lie in order to attain against some kind of base end. Not to bend the truth to save somebody's dignity or our own dignity, but to, to get something from somebody. For example, we're a scammer, this or that. What is the absolute priority? The absolute priority is to not become intellectually corrupted, to not change our understanding of truth based on what we did, to immediately, it's an emergency, it's an absolute emergency, we have to turn on the lights inside and begin to think, I did the wrong thing and there is no excuse. I'm not going to justify it. I'm not going to rationalize it. The reason I did it was because I was not at a high enough level to avoid doing it. I was not human enough. I was not honest enough. That is indicative of me. I take full responsibility, full responsibility, and there is not any kind of excuse whatsoever for it. If we're able to do that, we can salvage ourselves, And then, obviously, we have to make amends. If at all possible, if we stole something, we have to give it back if we... We're the contract killer. We have to take extreme steps to to, uh, to right our wrongs. And maybe then it's a whole different story if we did something that extreme. Whatever we did, we have to do everything possible to right our wrongs. But the immediate emergency, the immediate fire that's going on is we have to prevent that re inner reprogramming to avoid that moral corruption. Because that's immediately what happens. The second we do something that is against the truth, that rewiring begins. And we see, obviously... Uh, when this goes on, to, as we explained, for a while, we become just the, the worse than any animal, worse than any creature. It's unbelievable the degrees of corruption that we can reach, the degrees of rottenness. It's, it's insane. And we become, again, the worst thing that we can ever imagine. And it starts like this. It begins a cycle. Right? And really, paradoxically, it's because we mean good. We feel guilty. Otherwise, we wouldn't even care right? to, to justify ourselves. But anyhow, 
That's the emergency. We, we stop ourselves from becoming corrupted and that uh, we put out the flames and then we look the right or wrongs. On the flip side, on the more positive side, if we did something positive, we have to try to prevent ourselves from leading it back or tying it back in with our selfish, narrow interests. For example, we managed to give somebody money. We managed to do something kind for somebody else. Now immediately we feel bad that we just maybe wasted our money. So we begin to think, okay, I'm sure I'll get it back. I'm sure I can think of myself as a better person now. I'm sure I'm sure that the karma, you know, I'm going to in the future. All these kinds of things. We have to squash all that. And we have to say the reason I gave money, maybe it's not the reason, but the justification for giving money to somebody else, the justification for doing something kind for somebody else is because the other person is real. The other person's interests are just as important intrinsically and inherently as mine. All things considered, maybe in a given situation, there's a difference. But, uh, but generally speaking, the other person exists just like me. There's no fundamental difference between me, defined in these narrow animalistic bodily terms, and other people. That is the real justification. And that then becomes the emergency, at least if we want to uh, have this good thing act to our, or, or excuse me, serve to our benefit. And then we need to do that right away because it's the same thing. It's very tough to escape our selfishness. So we happen to do something kind or nice. In a, in a moment of, of so-called weakness. Really, it's a good weakness, obviously, in a moment of, the, of, a, of a softening of our heart. But then right away, our heart hardens and we begin to say no. Again, these selfish kinds of nonsense starts going in our head. So then we have to uh, allow it to, to make ourselves less, uh, uh, to make us less selfish and, and to make us better. So that's the idea there. Uh, actions uh, are indicative of who we are, of our level of understandings, of our humanity. Having said that, as soon as they are done, the uh, uh, the effects begin. And uh, if we happen to slip up, the most important thing is to not change our understandings. We recall we meant good. It was We don't intentionally err for its own sake, so we don't have to have some kind of pathology of guilt. We just have to say, I made a miscalculation. I made a mistake. I wanted something and I forgot that it's not mine. Or I didn't forget, but I didn't mind enough that it's not mine. I admit that. There's no excuse. I'm going to give it back at the earliest opportunity. That's the emergency to, not, to, to prevent our corruption and our destruction. And if we do something good, maybe it's not an emergency because uh, the corruption is not necessarily a, a kind of a factor here. But if we really want to benefit from it, we prevent ourselves from citing some kind of vain, selfish concern and cite the, the reality, which is, again, the reality of other people, the goodness of other people, uh, uh, the inherent worth of other people and all of that. So that's the idea. Let's think about it. Thank you for listening.